0: Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hello, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at (laughs) L O underscore Penguins. Today we have a very special guest on the podcast. He's been on here, I think, Twice, I think that sounds about right, uh, Doug Lackey from Penguin's Twitter. Um, it's always a pleasure to have him on. Uh, he has not been on, I don't think, in a few months now. So I figured I could get him on here and talk about the team the last couple of weeks and the games on Wednesday and Thursday and the Islander series moving forward. And I'm sure some trade talk will come up as well. And yes, there are a few mailbag questions to get to as well. Um, but Doug, first off, how
1: are you doing, man? I've been doing pretty good, man. How about you?
0: Not that, you know, It's we're getting closer, I think, to the end of this. And, you know, Virginia announced today that there's going to be 30% capacity at outdoor venues. So hopefully that means um, some concerts this summer because that's the first thing I think I want to go to um, once this all wraps up. But, you know, we are going to talk obviously hockey on this podcast. This is a hockey podcast. Um, you know, I, I was watching the Devils Flyers game tonight, and for those that are unaware, the Flyers are down four to one to New Jersey right now. I think at the end of the second period, the Philadelphia is Philadelphia, excuse me, is in a giant free fall. And it looks like the Penguins almost may make the playoffs on virtue of default um, if they just go 500 the rest of the way. You know, just going back to these last three New Jersey games, uh, Doug, are you a bit upset that the Penguins only took three out of, points out of six? Or was that kind of like a miracle considering half their lineup is basically
1: AHL lines? I mean, as as irritating as it is, um, it's one of those things where the fact that you're able to get points to begin with, with the bottom six that you're running right now is rather miraculous. So, I mean, we got to just take it, take the points any way we can get them. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing that I was most frustrated about was Sunday. Whenever they, they took them into overtime, like, even though your lineup's super depleted and you're basically running NHL creative players in your bottom six, (laughs) you need to, you need to be able to beat, team like New Jersey in regulation, get those two points. But I mean, I think they did okay. Obviously Brandon Tana getting hurt in warmups over the weekend, didn't help them at all. Um, you know, he's, he's really, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm eating crow on this big time, but he's really like the glue that keeps this team together in terms of like the speed and tenacity factor.
0: Yeah. is he's, he's been awesome. This season, I think he has, what, seven goals so far, um, half played through the season. You know, he's he's had a bit more um, offensive juice this year than you saw last year. I think that was the main thing that people harped on him after this past season. His first season on that six-year contract was that he didn't score enough. Um, This season, you know, he's kind of, like I said, he's been a lot better in that regard. And, you know, he's obviously seen how fast he is and how tenacious he is to the puck. He was not at practice today, so it sounds like he's probably going to be out for Wednesday night's game unless he um, participates in the morning skate. Um, yeah, Yeah, I mean, and you hit the nail on the head there. You know, they should have won that game in regulation. But honestly, Doug, as I was watching that, the team looked gassed after the first 30 minutes on playing Five games in seven nights. I mean, that's just very hard, dude. The team obviously needed an off day. They had one yesterday. Got back to practice today. I'm glad that they took three points out of four in those back-to-back, especially after losing in regulation to New Jersey on Thursday. I thought Pittsburgh outplayed them that game, but then I also thought on the Saturday game they played um, a lot better. And then even on Sunday, I thought their effort that game was better than the one they showed. On Thursday, but you know the New Jersey is also I don't think as bad as their record indicates. If you take away their losses against the Fly, um, Flyers, excuse me, the, against the Islanders, um, I think they're like ten and nine and three, ten and ten and four against the rest of the division. I mean that's a team that's almost five hundred, and you know they have a lot of good pieces down there. Obviously it starts with Jack Hughes. Um, I know the Penguins have struggled against New Jersey in recent years under Mike Sullivan. It feels like their record is like five and 20 against them um, because of just their struggles against them, whether it's in Pittsburgh or New Jersey, I obviously know they struggle with Newark, but even in Pittsburgh, um, the team seems to struggle against them. but um, this team they're not gonna go anywhere until they get healthier but if they can just get some positive results until Malkin and Bluger come back and you know Zucker obviously being backskating, especially with a taxi squad is huge. Um, if they just go 500 the rest of the way until some of these guys come back, I mean, they can really make a run at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's all about just treading water until, you know, you get those guys back and potentially make a trade, and then you get yourself into striking distance. You know, because you got two games coming up against Buffalo tomorrow yeah. and Thursday, and then this weekend you have the Islanders. And it's like those are – you know those are teams like yeah the islanders have been playing really good recently but they've been playing against like the new jerseys the buffaloes teams like that and Mm. you know those are teams that the penguins could easily just take points away from get some wins you know and like their schedule the rest of the year is fairly easy you know i think that once we get into april here dude it's gonna be really interesting, and they're just going to be able to take off, get healthy, and kind of do this on their own terms.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You know, their schedule is pretty soft until you get to the end of April, I think, where they play Washington a, bu- a couple more times, I think they have Boston at the end, and then they actually finish up the season with Buffalo, but they still have some games against the Rangers, um, still have four more left against Boston, um, I think after the Islanders, I think they play Boston um, going into next week. But yeah, I mean the schedule is soft overall these next six weeks. It's the perfect, you know, if there's a great time, <laughs> Doug, for all these players to be hurt, it's right now, especially with a back-to-back coming up against Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo has lost. What is it now? Is it 12 in a row? 14 in a row? Some something along those lines. Um, I mean, you don't obviously don't want to be the team that you know they snap their uh, losing streak against the Penguins. Should be able to take care of business in these two games. I mean, you look at Buffalo's goaltending. I guess we'll transition to that right now before the commercial break. Um, Doug, they're down to like their uh, fourth string, fifth string, sixth string goalie. Obviously, Johansson got dealt. Um, Carter Hutton is hurt. Allmark is still hurt, but he's practicing. He's not going to play in these next two games. I mean, they're going to start Dustin Tokarski, I think, on Wednesday and then some other make-a-name goalie on Thursday who I don't even know who it is. And, of course, they're without Jack Eichel, who he, he might be out for the rest of the season. And, of course, the Penguins still have Buffalo after these two games. They have them four more times. So... Um, they've had a nice part of the schedule here. They're, they're still banking some points, but if they can really bank these four points this week, especially with the Flyers losing tonight, um, they could potentially be ten points up on the Flyers. Even though the Flyers would have a couple games in hand, um, it would almost it would be getting close to be it being over at that point.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, get these get these two wins out of the way. Hopefully, you come away with two wins. I don't want to jinx it because yeah. you know you know how this team is against like weird goalies. I mean, they just got destroyed by Scott Wedgwood the other night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're You know, we've come a long way from the beginning of the year where we had that doom and gloom time period. You know, there was a time where I was sitting on my couch thinking. Might be time to make a coaching change or explore it. And then uh, GMJR kind of bailed, and uh, things have kind of, the ship's kind of righted itself since then.
0: Yeah, ever since Hexton and Burke have t- taken over, the team has just been so much better in all areas, it's, except, of course, getting hurt. Um, and, you know, it looks like, Bran- like i already said, Brandon Tanner probably won't play tomorrow. But, you know, we were talking about this before we went um live here uh doug jason zucker already being back skating practicing with the taxi squad in full equipment um that's a huge deal i'm um, considering it looked like he was going to be out potentially for like the rest of the regular season but it looks like he might be ahead of schedule
1: yeah that's a big thing and you know the thing is with zucker is i feel like he's very um kind of like a split bag amongst the fan base but like Regardless of what you think of a man, like that is a big weapon to bring back into a lineup that's this depleted. Mm-hmm. You know, like running a Zucker, McCann, Kapan in second line right now would be huge.
0: Yeah, it would give the Penguins an actual good, competent second line. But, you know, the, the second line, before we do go to commercial break, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. They, they made some line changes at practice on Tuesday, and they elevated Ashton Reese up, uh, with McCann and Kapanen. And I honestly don't even know why they didn't do that on Sunday, Um, Doug. That for some reason, they wanted to have Evan Rodriguez up there, even though Aston Reese is the better player. You know, what are your thoughts on Aston Reese being elevated Um, with McCann and Kapanen
1: moving forward? Yeah, you can't really spread it out as much as you know Sully would want to. Mm-hmm. I think we're at a point now where there's so many injuries where it's like you need to put your six most competent NHL forwards in the top six and keep them there. And you're not breaking up the Crosby line. So just bump Aston Reese up, put Rodriguez down that bottom six role and just see what happens. Because I'd imagine this top six is going to get, they're going to get ran like dogs these next couple of days until Tanev gets back and other guys start to work themselves back into the lineup because what they have down there on the bottom two lines, man, it's, it's not good.
0: Yeah. It's it, when you're marching is your third line center room and when Sam Lafferty is getting, Um, meaningful minutes and being on the ice for six on five opportunities against like he was last week against (laughs) Boston. You, you know, your depth is in a bad place, Uh, but we have a whole lot more to get to for this episode of locked on penguins. Before we do that, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog on the site is unique and very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always right below and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you spend up to twice as much of the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and you can write blocked on in their Harajuku Kira Bros box, so they know we sent you. Amazing collection, reliable, below price, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hody. So, Doug, let, let's get into some trade talk here. You know, this is one of my favorite times of the year. 20 days away is the trade deadline. It is um, unusually quiet, but, you know, good reason. A lot of teams do not want to take on money, Um, obvious reason the COVID-19 pandemic is still very much here and teams just, owners do not want to take on Um, a lot of added salary, though I do think the Penguins, um, it might be a bit different with Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle because when I read Hextall's interview last week with Seth Rorawah and a few others. It sounds like that they've given him the permission to add some salary and that they don't really care. So that's good news moving forward, though I think with this deadline, Hextall's going to be a bit more patient than (laughs) Jim Rutherford. I think at this point, Rutherford would have traded like Nathan Legare for like a third line center, like a fourth line winger or something like that with his trade history. Um, But, you know, when you look at some of these players that are available, you know, obviously we've been talking a lot about Anthony Mantha, um, but there's one name that I saw was mentioned on The Athletic yesterday. I know you talked about to me um, last night, too. You know, Sam Reinhart. Buffalo is basically doing a fire sale. Almost everyone there is available. Um you look at Sam Reinhart, obviously one of their better players on the team. I think in the article they tried to say that he can play center. Um no, he is a pure winger. Um he I don't think he's played center at all. Um as long as he's been in Buffalo. I could be mistaken, but I think I've mostly just seen him on the wing. Um I think he's under contract for one more year if that sounds right and then they're gonna you're gonna have to pay him. Um I think it's gonna take a lot to get him out of there. Um but just you know what would what are your thoughts on that just because you saw the Jimmy Murphy tweet.
1: I think it would be really interesting to uh, bring Sam Reinhardt in here but like I don't again I don't really see how much sense it makes because he's making 5.2 for the rest of this year then he's a restricted free agent again and you're either going to go to arbitration with him or you're going to give him some sort of a long-term or a bridge deal mm-hmm. where he's probably making above 6 million and right now I don't think this team is um, equipped to Take on another $5 million plus player, especially with, uh, you know, the defense being assembled the way it is, uh, you know, you'd almost have to trade Marcus Pedersen and trade like this. And I don't know if I want to do that right now. Um, but in theory, it makes sense, you know, it'd be that like nice right-handed shot. You could put him at the le- left half wall on the power play, mm-hmm. kind of replace, finally replace Phil Castle in a sense, but I don't know, man all these big names keep popping up and it doesn't make sense to me, but like something's telling me there's something going on that we don't know about.
0: Yeah. You know, Ron, he doesn't usually let a lot of information leaked out or at least that's what I read in Philadelphia. He also doesn't talk to the media um, that much. So he's probably just working in the shadows a bit here. I mean, I would love Sam Reinhardt, but I think it would cost even more than Marcus Pedersen. Honestly, man, I think you'd probably be looking at trading Brian Dumoulin. um, And that's obviously something that the Penguins will never do. Um, he just, you, you don't send Brian Dumlin over in a trade for Sam Reinhart, especially with Reinhart only having one year left on his contract, and you probably won't even be able to pay him. And the fact that the Penguins are so up against the cap anyway that I don't even know how that works. Um, if you want a, a different player out of Buffalo, we were talking about this as well, man. Um, go get Eric Stahl, he is a perfect fit for the third line center. Uh, Thing And when this team is fully healthy, obviously a lot of these players in the bottom six go out, but but even you could take Evan Rodriguez out and put him in, with Eric Stahl in there, and you could go something like, you know, Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Um, if you want to go McCann, Malkin, Kapanen, Zucker, um, Stahl, and what, Z- Zucker, Zucker Stahl, and, I, I mean, you're not going to change up the Astromace, Blue Tanev line. Um, I'm probably forgetting a winger that for some reason it's, it's late at night. I, I'm not really sure who Rodriguez. Else. Yeah. I, I guess they would have to put Evan there, but I thought they would have had someone else, um, to go in, but yeah, I guess it would be Evan Rodriguez. So, you know, I'm, I'm being stupid right now. You know, this is great radio, uh, everyone. I'm I apologize for this. So yeah, I think it would go, you know, Zucker, Stall, Rodriguez. And, and then I think we're really cooking with
1: something there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something that I've been trying to like explain to everybody since it's kind of gained traction within the local media is that um Zucker and Stahl have great chemistry together already. I I'm I'm don't quote me on this, but I'm I'm quite sure that they played together in um Minnesota. I believe they did. Because yeah, in the seventeen eighteen season, Stahl had forty two goals and Zucker scored thirty three goals. And, um, I, I, that was on a line together and, you know, that's, that has the makings of like making that next great, like third line HBK line type of, uh, grouping where, you know, you need to make that happen. If you're going to win a Stanley cup, I mean, we know this, we've had incredible third line centers every time we've won a Stanley cup. And it seems like every time we underachieve or barely make the playoffs we have either somebody really underachieving or we have Derek Broussard whining on the sidelines like a piss baby
0: yeah the whole derek brassard situation that that truly was something else um you knowing they acquired cuz i loved that trade and then he just played like a total idiot on the ice. It was honestly just
1: terrible to watch.
0: Um, But yeah, Yeah, I I agree with what you said, man. Uh, Every time the Penguins have won a Stanley Cup in the Sid Gino era, they had a center like Jordan Stahl or Nick Benino, and they haven't replaced Benino since he left. And getting someone like Eric Stahl, I know it's a rental, and I know Hextall isn't too keen on sending picks and prospects for rentals. Um, At least I read that last week. Um, I think that this is a move he would have to make because I would not um, you know, I wouldn't mind someone like Jared McCann as a third-line center, but I think if he the way he's played on wing this year, especially with Malkin and Kapanen, I think that's the line you stick with moving forward when he comes back, and then you can just do the Aston Reese-Pflueger-Tanev line as your fourth line, and actually give them the minutes that they should be getting so they can dominate with their underlying numbers, and then you have a competent third line, and you can put Jason Zucker out there with an actual good center install, and then Rodriguez can thrive down there because his underlines are not bad overall. He just does not work in a top-six role never never has has um Finally, though, Doug, before we get to the next segment, you know, who's your number one player? You know, on your wish list for the deadline, and do you actually think the Penguins will make a move?
1: So, like, my number, my one A, one B is Stall, or and then Anthony Mantha. I think Anthony Mantha is a lot more attainable than you know, maybe trying to make a move for a Sam Reinhart. He's making five point seven five for the next three seasons after this one. And I think that's somebody that you could easily squeeze in, you know, because uh, going into next year, you know, POJ is most likely going to end up playing with John Marino. And I'd have no problem paying picks and or other assets for Seattle to take Mike Matheson off our hands. You know, I could roll, I could live with a Ricola Friedman third pairing for the next, for next season. If it meant that, we had another quality weapon on like a s- second or a third line right wing, you know? And then mm-hmm. Eric Stahl, obviously that's my guy. He's been my guy for a while. Yeah. He's a rental, but I could see him like taking another one year deal similar to like how Matt Cullen was whenever he first came over to Pittsburgh. Good point. Yeah. You know, he just, yeah. Like, you know, if it works well and they do go get a ring, just, just, Sign back on and keep chasing those rings, buddy, because you know, he's been a, he's been an incredible player his entire career, except for that short time period where he was with, with the Rangers. He's been just steady and rock solid, but he only has one cup ring. So yeah. go get him go get him one more, maybe more, and solidify his legacy as one of the best, most underrated players of this era.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that, and um, he's he, he's still a productive player, too. And, you know, obviously the Penguins love the Stahl brothers. They obviously won a cup with Jordan, and now getting Eric to come to Pittsburgh would be awesome. And honestly, I don't even think the price to get him would be um, as high as someone like Reinhardt or obviously like Buffalo's going to maybe look at Eichel, but I know Pittsburgh's not in on that for obvious reasons. You know, the, a team like the Rangers or the Kings have the assets to make that work. Um, But before we do get to the next segment, we have to touch on a couple things. One of them being bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Has your cover for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for you can head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. And finally, we cannot forget about Built Bar March Madness. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It's the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber amazing. Tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Today's matchup, we are into the Elite Eight. Three of the matchups are finalized cookies and cream versus coconut almond, mint brownie versus coconut puff, cookie dough chunk versus birthday cake. Um, but, you know, we're, today's matchup, we're going to be getting the coconut brownie chunk versus lemon almond cheesecake. And now the winner of that will go on to play the caramel brownie in the last Elite Eight matchup. I'm a big fan of the lemon almond cheesecake. Um, if that doesn't win, then, you know, shame on all the voters. Um, you can go to BuiltBar.com or Bar underscore Built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 50% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, Doug, so for this last segment, I, I put out a, t- a tweet on the Locked on Penguins Twitter account. Just, you know, get a few mailbag questions in here. I figured um, I would ask you a couple, um, these as well since, you know, I wanted to have you on the podcast tonight. Um, Thomas Nevitt has an interesting one here. Um, Doug, do you think that R- Radim Zohorna would be a good fit to move up from Wilkes-Barre and play for the Penguins? If so, who do you drop to allow Zohorna a chance to play? Um, it looks like he might be in the lineup tomorrow night. And honestly, man, um, this team desperately needs um fresh youth in the lineup. March Jankowski and Sam Lafferty have not been hit. I liked what I saw from Frederick Goudreau these last couple of games. He deserves a spot in the lineup. Um Every night until the team gets healthy, and honestly, I'd probably have him as a 13th forward right now. But what are your thoughts on Zohorna? And do you think he could be um, um, uh, just a good option for the Penguins moving forward?
1: I think that I'd be willing to explore giving Zohorna a chance right now, just for like the size factor. I mean, this guy is built, man. He's 6'6", 225 and. You know, he was scoring really good in the Czech men's league he was playing in during the stop, during like the stoppage. He had 22 points in 21 games. And I think that that's something he's really like, that's good momentum that he's run with Mm -hmm. going into Wilkes this year. He has nine points in 11 games. I think it's worth exploring. I think he could be one of those random people who ends up being like a cult hero in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. has a really good like year or two and then kind of just falls off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I I hope he does make his debut. I'm assuming it's probably going to be on the fourth line or something like that. Um, But, you know, like I I, I just said a couple minutes ago, man, I mean – the sooner a player like Jankowski or Lafferty get out of the lineup, the better this team will be. I think a player like Zawarna, who played well in that Czech league and who's played well in Wilkesbury, can really give this team some jump. And, you know, if he scores the first, the team's first bottom six goal since NOM tomorrow or on Thursday, um, it would not be surprising in the slightest just because this team you can't seem to buy a goal from their bottom six right now unless it's from Zach Austin-Reese. Um, a couple others here. Um, this comes from Fiona. Uh, Doug, this is a good question if you could bring one player back that's still in the league if there was no money issues, who would you bring back?
1: Ooh, like somebody who played for the Penguins.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's just the rules, um, but I think it could be anyone.
1: Okay, this is interesting.
0: So that's still in the league. Um, so if with that, I, I guess that maybe that played for the Penguins. I guess we'll just go with that. So that, that's a tough okay, one for me. All
1: right. I mean, I've, I've said this for years. I would bring back Jordan Stahl in a heartbeat, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know why. I just, I'm like, I have this weird emotional attachment to Jordan Stahl. And I would do anything for him to come back if money were not an issue.
0: I, I love it. I still hate that, you know, he kind of forced his way out to go play with his brother and really hasn't won anything in Carolina, even though it's been a great fit for him there. and Obviously, his family likes it um, quite a bit. Um, I'm probably going to have to go Phil Kessel, man. Um, I, I loved watching him here. He was a point-per-game player in the regular season a couple times, point-per-game player in the playoffs virtually every time the Penguins made it. Folk um, Kiro was hilarious with the media, and his play on the power play just made it so much more vaunted, and they have not replaced him on that, um, in his spot, you know, ever since he left. And, you know, I know that, that trade brought over Pierre-Olivier Joseph and he's going to be a mainstay on this defense for many years to come. But I, I'd, I'd still go, Phil. You know, um, Nick Minino would probably be up there too. Obviously Jordan Stahl. Um, you know, if he were still in the league, I'd say Marion Hosa Sorry, I, I don't have a lot of hard feelings toward Marion Hosa I, I, I don't. It was funny as hell that he lost in two thousand nine when he went to the Red Wings. I always love that, but him seeing him play with Sidney Crosby um, for a couple of years was something else.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel Not like for a couple of years. Excuse me, disrespect. a couple, of,
0: a couple months. Excuse me. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, a couple months. I feel like I feel like people disrespect Hosa similar to the way people disrespect Yager. Mm. And it's like he was doing what he had to do. Like he was trying to get a ring, get done. And get himself, you know, basically solidify his legacy. I mean, I thought he was awesome here. It would have been great for him to stay, but mm-hmm. think of it this way, dude. If Hosa did, if Hosa stayed, we don't have that weird chain reaction of just random wingers coming in and out of here that yeah. got us to Phil Castle.
0: Yeah, that that's very accurate. So I guess in hindsight, I'm glad he didn't stay. But man, it would have been something if he did. I would have loved watching him for many years. Yeah, but you know, I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad he didn't though, just because the franchise obviously has a couple more cups um, than they may otherwise would not have um, today. Um, here's a good one from Allen. You know, he feels like he might be the minor in the minority on this. He says. I'd rather give up points to New Jersey and Buffalo than Washington, Boston, uh, the Islanders, and Philadelphia. Um, is this a good or bad take? Honestly, um, Alan, that's a great take. You know, giving a point to New Jersey, I really don't care about. Yes, they're playing some okay hockey right now, but they're way too far back in the standings. And if the Penguins uh, bank points against any three of the any of the three bottom teams in the division, um, and they give away a point or two, it sometimes to – couple other um of those teams but when i I don't see the problem with it what do you think
1: yeah i'm i'm kind of i i actually agree you know if you give away a point to any of those three non-playoff teams of the rangers the devils and the sabers it's really doing not much harm at this point you know Mm -hmm. but obviously like if you do go to overtime with them i would prefer that you win the game in overtime rather than lose it because i don't want them to like You know, basically flush a point in the standings that they need down the toilet against a team that's that bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I don't want to have these three-point games against the Islanders. They have two huge ones coming up against them. Um, And the Penguins, last time the Islanders came to Pittsburgh, the Penguins took all four points against them. I'm not sure that's going to be the same. This time with the Penguins, have also played the Islanders really well. Um, this season four and two. Um, lastly, you know, this is kind of a joke question from pens underscore 67, but we got to answer it. Um, he said just kidding at the end, but I'm still going to answer it, and I want you to as well. What's the over-under on Penguins fan shots tomorrow? <laughs> um, I'm probably going to have to go bait uh, five over-under. Um, I know they've been fanning on a lot lately just because the bottom six is so bad, but I think that's my number for now, but I thought I'd end the podcast on a
1: funny note. Yeah, I'm going seven. Okay, I'm going seven. A little bold, yeah, kind of a
0: little bold, but I like it. You know. Uh, thank you for that very funny question. Uh, I know you put the just kidding at the end, but I feel like I had to end just to leave, leave you all with something um, funny to look forward to. But you know, Doug, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, where can everyone find you on Twitter for your awesome pens takes?
1: Just follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Gladkey. You're gonna find daily random trade content on there, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I tweet about hockey a lot, and you're gonna you're gonna see some interesting takes. That's for certain.
0: Yes, yeah, he, he does have some very interesting takes, but most of the time. Um, they're all very good. So, yes, please go follow him. And um, my next episode, it will be a post-game episode after tomorrow night's game. Remember, the Wednesday night game is an 8 o'clock start um, because for some reason, they're the Minnesota Wild are playing at 5.30 on NBC Sports Network. So, um, I guess we're just trying to have everyone watch the game while eating dinner. And then the Penguins will play on Thursday, 7 p.m. That one will not be nationally um, televised. But, Doug, again, thank you so much for coming on, and I will talk to you all uh, tomorrow evening.